welcome to a very special Thanksgiving edition of the That's So Region podcast. I am your host, Dan Reardon. I'm the editor of the uh, night editor. I just gave myself a promotion. Night editor of the Times of Northwest Indiana. Joining me this week to my left is... A very monotone voice, Laura Lane. I'm the digital news something producer. Champion. <laughs> yes. Winner. And, and with us as always... Business reporter Joseph Pete, who according to one reviewer on our iTunes page, la- always laughs at his own jokes in a way that is loud, unprofessional, and obnoxious. Well, I was, you know, I, I hate to break the fourth wall to, to the many listeners of this podcast, but we basically do it in a storage closet, so yeah, this, this, uh, loud, loud, unprofessional, obnoxious, I would take this as a compliment. Yeah. I'm not going to lie, it did take yeah. us about five takes to just yeah. get this intro I, done. I'm sorry, <laughs> I, I don't know what a professional podcast sounds like, but uh, pass. I'm I don't want any part of yeah. it. This is like the DIY punk rock, like Minutemen, do-it-yourself-in-a-van kind of version. Right. We're wearing Jam grungy Ocano. clothes right now, yeah. we smell yeah. so bad. <laughs> we're, we're totally, this is so, not one of those fancy NPR podcasts, it ain't cereal you got to go somewhere else for that so after in 20 years young kids will be listening to this like uh you know early punk rock records Uh, speaking of fiascos uh we we just got out of one recently uh the porter county uh election um the final votes uh finally came three days afterwards they were recently certified there was a couple of close elections but uh now it looks like uh, Secretary of State Connie Lawson has agreed to step in and help figure out what in the heck went wrong. Um, a myriad of issues. Uh, State Rep. Ed Soliday, who, who uh, is from Valpo, a Republican, uh, basically uh, asked Lawson to step in and figure out what was going on. They had late opening polling places. They were understaffed. People were untrained. Uh, and it caused massive delays. Uh, Joseph, isn't this uh, isn't Porter County kind of infringing on Lake County's territory when it comes to election fiascos? Oh, absolutely. Uh, Lake County is notorious ever since the 2008 Democratic primary, in which the entire nation had to wait on Lake County um, <laughs> as until, they should <laughs> until as the wee hours should. of the morning. It was a very tight race between uh, President Barack Obama and Secretary of State Hillary Clinton, and it came down to basically like Gary and Lake County. And the they were just having trouble like getting the votes counted, and Rudy Clay was all over like CNN and everything, and everyone had to wait until like two in the morning or something. But like the joke was with the, the, that uh, Porter County this time is like hold my beer because right. while while a lot of those congressional races they're still being decided right now, some of the ones where it's very close because they have right. to do recounts. But this was a case where no one knew any of the results for nope. days. This made national news. It was on the Intercept. A lot of uh, national outlets picked it up. But it's uh, normally, you know, if it's a tight race, you know, you might not get the full result for weeks and weeks, but it's practically unheard of to not get any results for, you know, days. And this attracted, like, bipartisan uh, condemnation. Uh, Ed Soliday and the Valparaiso Democratic Party had both demanded, you know, an investigation into what happened. The Indiana State Police was looking into it. It's uh, completely unprecedented. It was apparently at least somewhat the result of a shift because the clerk's office had wanted to take it over from the voter registration office that had traditionally done it, and it being in new hands that presumably played a role in it not getting done the way it you know normally does. 
But out of all Indiana's 92 counties, there was only one that didn't have results on Election Day, and that was Porter. And it, and it was in the region. All I know <laughs> is the person running the LaPorte County election results, she was top-notch, I love you, and I wish that you could do the results for every single county. She was every 15 minutes, another yeah. batch of results, and made my night a breeze for her. <laughs> yeah, typically election nights are, are fairly stressful in newsrooms, and uh, in a way, it, it wasn't. It was less stressful because we just knew we would not have anything yeah. to report yeah. on from Porter County. Just twiddling our thumbs, uh, waiting. <laughs> my favorite quote, though, is one of the many follow-up stories we've done on this because um, some people uh, like Joseph had pointed out Indiana State Police was brought in the FBI was called um, and uh, Ed Soliday who you know deserves a lot of credit for for his action in this uh, had said uh, you know there are people calling for an investigation where's the crime alleged things did not happen smoothly incompetence is not a crime Boy, if, if the, there could be a sign as you enter uh, the region, uh, <laughs> incompetence is not a crime. Uh, it's I, our motto. We got to put it in Latin. Then, yeah. On the yeah. Uh, six semper incompetence, or however you say that in Latin, should be strewn all across the region. Um, but you know, luckily the the, the results uh, have been verified. There was a close race uh, in the Porter County Council, I believe, that was decided by 15 votes. There was a close race out of Lake County. Uh, looks like a uh, young uh, political newcomer, Chris Chung, has knocked off uh, uh, GOP rep Hal Slager in the House District 15 race. So uh, uh, while not a blue wave across the nation, it was a bit of a blue wave in terms of, of the region. Uh, Democrats picked up most of the seats. So, uh, you know, I, I know we're, we're not three uh, political, or we're not pretending to be three politicos here, but. Uh, in general, what were some of your just sort of leaving the election topic? What were some of your general thoughts on it, Joseph? Well, in, in Congress nationally, there did seem to be it was kind of exactly as everybody predicted. The right. Democrats are picking up about 40 seats, and then the Republicans held on to the Senate because they had way more favorable. Mm -hmm. um, uh, they were they were on the offense instead right. of the defense, and it was uh, it, the election pretty much went every. I only casually follow it, but it went pretty much the way exactly everyone predicted yeah, this time. Verbatim. It wasn't like 2016 where all the polls were like wildly yeah. off or whatever. Yeah. They might have been an Indiana Senate race that showed that it was a little bit closer than it ended yeah, up being. Yeah, I think but, even Donnelly, they were showing Donnelly had led. But I think a lot of the people in the newsroom and people we had talked to kind of thought it had that Mike Braun was going to win. Yeah, he, he closer didn't. than what the polls were. Yeah. How, how, about, you, how about you, Laura? You, you, you were sort of our... our, our, our poll numbers maven on election night uh anything that you saw that stuck out or were you just glad to get out of here on election night I, fairly yeah unscathed? i was well i mean it was not unscathed because we were waiting until friday every well, single day <laughs> wondering when those porter county election results would come in if i don't have to see another election number again for quite a couple of months i'll be pretty <laughs> happy let's just put it that way but yeah no i mean some of the races were incredibly close we had that one that was 15 votes yeah. difference we had another one where what a 25 year old kid beat out an incumbent yeah. that was yeah, Chris supposed Chung. to win yeah so Chris Chung with television ads which you don't see too often on state representative no, races yeah. I mean he had like slickly produced well you know yeah. produced television ads so it's you know. the millennial in him I feel it yeah exactly <laughs> there was also like I would see mailers and signs and it was always like the pro police it just reminded me kind of the way Senator Mike Young had like mentioned he was a Marine like every single time, like in every interview and every, right. you know, where it's like, oh, I'm the pro-police guy, where they're really just trying to hammer home that like branding right. or whatever. 
I'd like to see the anti-police guy win. The <laughs> <laughs> see, see how that works out for him. <laughs> it's like endorsed by the Sheriff's Association and then, all that. That won't happen in Indiana. Hop over to Illinois, maybe. Right. <laughs> there was an Illinois vote. Speaking of close races, though, there was one that was decided by like one vote in one of the suburban um, state legislature counties. I think. Really? Yeah, it was literally yeah. just like a vote. It was your, in your vote counts? kind of in the yeah. Daily Herald territory where you it's know, like and, uh, those local elections. That's where your voice really does matter. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So, uh, you know, speaking of uh, well-functioning uh, uh, areas, um, so take it for, for what it's worth. It's one of these uh, online sort of lists, but uh, the website SafeWise, which does sort of, uh, it's a professional review site for safety. They, they periodically come out with these safest cities in Indiana and other places. So they, they recently came out with this list, Indiana's 20 safest cities. St. John's, St. John came in number one. Uh, and then I think six total uh, uh, cities and towns in the in the region uh, made the top twenty. I'm su- you know surprisingly a lot of a lot of South Lake County, Crown Point, um, Dyer. Uh, what do we make of this? Uh, you know, because this kind of goes against the the reputation for people who don't know how Lake County works. How there's a big sep- you know divide between North and South Lake County. Um, a, do you think you know this? Yeah, I, I'm sure the towns will will take a lot out of this, Joseph, probably, right, in terms of their marketing? Oh, yeah. Well, you already saw, like, Munster and some of the other communities were heavily promoting it on Facebook. That, oh, we were named one of the safest. Uh, it really started to pick up, like, a lot of traction on social media. Um, though, with a lot of these lists, they do tend to skew more toward the central Indiana, like the Indianapolis suburbs and everything. Right, like and Carmel it, and absolutely. Like that. And it was just a really good showing this time for region communities. You saw some people kind of questioning it because, like, one guy was asking, well, why is Maryville on there but not Highland and so forth? And it's like, but they, like, a lot of companies are now doing this to kind of get free uh, media publicity. As a business reporter, I get deluged with a lot of these, like, all the time where they'll put together, they'll crunch some numbers, and then they'll try to get it, like, so they're getting basically, like, national coverage by effectively getting local coverage, like, in media publications around the country. Right. Saying that, like, oh, these communities are safest, or these communities are wealthiest, or, you know, these are where millennials are most likely to go skiing, or whatever. Like, there's a lot of just some really random, like, I see more and more every day, too, where it's like, these are the best Netflix movie, favorite Netflix movies in Indiana, or the favorite Halloween candy <laughs> in each state, and the right. favorite, you know. I mean, you know. we do this, the best places to grab a brat in Northwest Indiana, just even more hyper-local than these right. lists. It is very unscientific, though, and that's what people largely need to consider with these Cock-Zells things. Cockzells is the best. Yeah. <laughs> but, but no, not, not just us with these. They do use data. Like, it's legitimate in the sense that they do use data, but you've seen this, like, model emerge where one of the worst offenders is that... Um, is it Eater? There's some of them where they'll do like, oh, the best pizza in every state. And it's pretty obvious that the person who's writing it has never been to most of the states. Right. <laughs> and it's just like basically going to the biggest city in every state, going on the Yelp page and trying to pick like a highly rated one off of that. Because like you always see with these, you always see that like Indian, oh, allegedly the best pizza in Indiana is in Indianapolis. Anyone who knows anything about this area knows that we would obviously have the best pizza right. being right outside Chicago. Like it's not even a, it's not even a competition like or hot dogs or any of that, like we would crush them in a lot of the culinary like categories, and it's. But you know, this is a thing that they're increasingly doing, and it's like you know, take it with a grain of salt. But there is there is some legitimate. They are taking actual FBI crime data, so it is should be a point of pride for a lot of you know communities in South Lake County. Maybe I had an idea for a mashup where what if we did 
the 20 safest places to grab a broad. <laughs> I like that idea. You know, are, we, are we focusing on the region, though? Because I don't know if there's 20 places in the region to grab a broad. Oh, I'm sure there is. There probably is. Yeah. There's, you know, all those Euro tell places. Tell me all those places, all guys, those, your favorite. All, all those Euro places, you know, uh, there's gas stations aplenty. Um, yeah, speaking of those sort of lists, though, the one that kind of drove me nuts is a. a I'll just say a Chicago publication. I won't call it out. But it was like, the and of course, it, they call it clickbait because it works. I clicked on it. It was the 26 best fried chicken, fast food chicken sandwiches. And you're going through its usual suspects. It's McDonald's. It's Burger King. But the number one was Shake Shack. Really? Really? There's oh. like five Shake Shack. Yeah. You know? Well, that was the other two. Like, uh, I saw, I hate, one, another media pet peeve of mine is like, they'll do... They used to do like killer a lot. Like the McDonald's wrap is going to be the Subway killer because right. it has like two cucumbers in it. And I think it was on the menu at McDonald's for like a month. Right. And then like it was like because it was gross and it wasn't anything. Not that Subway's great, but it like made Subway seem like you know. Right. Like, uh, but then uh, or they did. But one they did is Shake Shack unveils its new Chick Fil A killer, and it's like there can be more than one chicken sandwich. Right. It's <laughs> not like it just gets monopolized right. by like one place. Like, there's room in this world with 6.5 billion people or whatever for more than one chicken sandwich. You don't just have to have, like, the one. And Shake Shack is great, but, I mean, I, I don't know. But, yeah, I mean, like, for most people, I mean, you know, when you think fast food, you're not thinking of Shake Shack because most people don't live near a Shake Shack. You live yeah. near a McDonald's. Yeah. You live near a Burger King. Yeah, and there's room for everything. Like, if you ever drive past the Chick-fil-A on 30 by South Lake Mall, that place, I mean, I couldn't give food away that quickly <laughs> so obviously there's room uh closing thought on that my personal favorite is the wendy's spicy chicken sandwich but i'm a, a basic human being so um, well that's the other though too people act like shake shack is like the second coming of whatever and it's great but it's still like it's basically the not burgers. that it's not that much better than like wendy's right like, you know. I, I wish i had more to add to this i just don't eat fried chicken sandwiches out at restaurants just because well. like when i went out to LA, when i went out to la like i was like oh i got to have in and out you know and i did and it was great but it's still it's yeah. still a burger i mean it's like right. yeah people who speak in these referential tones about in and out or uh what a burger or whatever i mean most places whether you live in the region or the city like your neighborhood diner or the place you go to is just as good, if not better, than any sort of fast food or boutique. Absolutely. Um, moving on, this this we're talking about this week this this week because it, it surprised me so much. You know, a lot of times when we when we figure out what we're going to talk about in this podcast, we go off of our analytics, and two of the biggest performing stories were, were store closures or restaurant closures, and this is right up Joseph's alley. The apple, there'll be a little less uh, eating good in the neighborhood, I guess, if you live in Cherville, because the Applebee's yeah. there is, is set to close. And then in Porter, the Lowe's is going to close. Joseph, two, two things. I guess if you want to touch on, on the closures, that's fine. And two, why are people so interested when these sort of chain places close? Uh, I know they're chain places, but people do feel like a connection to them, especially like places like... You know, suburban kind of places like Cherville or Portage, sure. where it's like it's just part of the staple of life. Like you, all the home projects you did, you stop by the Lowe's or right. you know when you're finishing the basement or building a deck or whatever. Like you know, it, it, it's part of people's lives. It's part of the landscape they drive by every day. Mm-hmm. Applebee's, like you, you know, even people who might only eat there occasionally or for a guilty pleasure, it's just been there. 
you know, for so long, people just feel connected to it. And it also seems like one of those things where I know it's just an Applebee's, but it like seems like it's like a fixed permanent part of the, like the landscape. Like it's, you can always count on it to be there. And it's just another right. institution that, <laughs> yeah. that fails us and like leaves <laughs> us. <laughs> yeah. We, you know, we thought, you know, the, the Applebee's model was too big to fail, I guess. And actually I'm kind of surprised by that one in Cherville because I lived in Cherville for a year and that Applebee's was always kind of busy. It's, you know, it's, every Applebee's I've ever been to is busy. Yeah, and I, I'll be honest, I can't name one menu item on Applebee's. No, no. Like, I know, I know Chili's is known for the, the, the ribs. What is, what is Applebee's known for besides, like, uh, sports memorabilia? Do they the actually have anything served with Apple there? I oh no, that's the I just I need actually to be hard pressed to find an apple in an apple. <laughs> I recently dined at one um, for Veterans Day because they give away free steaks on Veterans Day. So of course it's packed with shameless veterans like myself who go to <laughs> Joseph like, said court. bring more. <laughs> but I noticed they have like apples in like carved out of the chairs, like in the backs of the chairs. So they consistently have this apple branding, but you'd be hard pressed to find anything with actual apple in it apple on the menu. Juice. Yeah, I, I don't think <laughs> yeah. I don't think there's a single apple like in the building. It's just like, but I, I got some praise for my lead because I was like kind of a little bit snarky, and I was like, oh, you know, fans of moderately priced sirloin steak dinners and two for twenty <laughs> like date nights, and um, you know, <laughs> and local kitsch on the walls will you know re, you know be saddened or whatever. I was, and they, I was one of the people who had to dress the Applebee's when they first opened, like how they had to track down like the right calibration of like local and national like sports memorabilia. <laughs> yeah. I will give them credit though, because they do try to be the, but that's the thing, it's so fake. Like yeah. they try to be the neighborhood place, and they you, anyone you go to, it'll always have like the local, not just like the Munster one, it'll have like TF South and yeah. TF North, right. and any community within like stone's throw distance. <laughs> They'll make sure to have some like high school sports stuff on the walls, right. and they'll try to be like as local as possible. And like Myers is another one that does that, where you know you have all these historic photos and of Highlands. And the Kmart and Lansing used to sell TF South T-shirts. I found that out once. Yeah, <laughs> like we're really trying to be part of this community, but yeah. like you're clearly like you drove all the local stores out of business. Right. <laughs> you came in with like your big box and your low prices, and then and you now know, you're out of business. Um, but the, the, the long-time listeners to this podcast will know that we'll, we will always have a special place in our hearts for the Portage Applebee's, even though there are rumors that that might be closing too, because they have that giant mural of indicted Mayor James Snyder <laughs> with the police, where he's just like <laughs> beaming at you, standing by a police car and a bunch of cops, like on a like l way larger than life, like 12 feet tall on the, the wall of the Portage Applebee's, I, a I true was, region icon. <laughs> I, went, I, went to high school, I went to high school in Warsaw, Indiana, which is about an hour and a half east of here. And I always felt like they were sort of uh, gloating because they moved into what used to be a Ponderosa. And one of the kitsch things on the wall was the article when the Ponderosa burned down, which I felt was like almost sort of like uh, 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 sort of gloating almost. Like if not for the Ponderosa fire, we would not be here. So um, sorry for that phone call. News never stops. <laughs> so I don't know who would call this number, but um, we'll try to edit that out. <laughs> we'll try to edit. We'll try to edit. And, 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 and on a Keeping side note, with our professionalism. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and on a side note, um, Joseph, as a veteran. Uh, do you feel like you know laying your life on the line, spending time in in, in war zones, uh, we're, we're, as a country, we're even with a free state, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's yeah. Like my wife and I like to make fun of that too. With uh, like we're going like looking at some of the things, and it was like, oh yeah, or Veterans Day, like. 
any menu item so long as it's not more than eleven ninety nine. Sorry about the PTSD. Here's, yeah. a, here's some ice cream and a slice of pie. Or yeah, you just envisioned like you know. Fortunately, I came out pretty unscathed, but like you know, someone lost limbs or whatever. And just oh, sorry, twelve dollars would be too yeah. much. <laughs> like we owe we owe an endless. We have all the rhetoric about the endless debt we owe veterans and all this crap. But then right. it's like, uh, you know, oh, we can only go up to eleven ninety nine on this, <laughs> or you know, like Little Caesars will honor your service with a free like four ninety nine meal deal, like or the pizza and a drink that would otherwise cost like five bucks. <laughs> right, the slogan should be "We're patriotic, but we're not suckers." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so um, we'll move on to our uh, picks and suggestions for this lovely Thanksgiving week. Uh, Laura, what do you got for the fine folks? I'll start off with Wag Your Tail Wednesday. It starts this Wednesday, November 21st at the Indiana Welcome Center. I'm all for anything that I can bring my dog Franklin to, as everyone knows. And your dogs and cats, and if you have like an armadillo or some other random animal, you can have them take pictures of Santa, which is pretty cool. And there's also 800 million turkey trots happening in the region this week on Thanksgiving, of course. You have the 18th annual turkey trot happening in Portage Township. You have the Valparaiso turkey trot happening, and you have the pumpkin plot happening over in Highland. So go get your run on so you feel better about eating 800 billion pounds of delicious food on Thursday. Joseph. I just, I just want to know, we do listen to feedback. We don't always see every review, but like we do listen. And some, someone was pointing out, like, hey, can you guys do, like, not everybody listens the same day. Can you guys try to do recommendations further out into the future? We will try to, like, incorporate that a little more as, like, going forward. Sure. It's just, like, we're, we're working off of our own calendar here from, like, Thursday's paper to, like, you know, what's coming up. But, like, this time I'll stick to art exhibits then. Uh, there is, at the South Shore Arts, they have Indie Windy, um, which is a retrospective of, like, all these awesome like graffiti in northwest indiana and chicago it features a lot of history about the crazy indiana artist style crew which are like felix flex baldonado um ish muhammad like a lot of the big ones like they had collaborated with like keith herring when he was doing a mural in chicago you have a lot of like the history there and it's a lot of like large-scale public works you've got some like liz Mayer paintings of steel mills but it's pretty it's pretty captivating while you're over there too they're doing a miracle on 34th street uh, plays running through probably around Christmas and then if you like that old holiday classic you know you can go see like a theater version of it at theater for the center then um, the big one Indiana Welcome Center it is that time of the year again when we celebrate a Christmas story here in the region by Hammond's own Gene Shepard they have the the displays that have been at a department store in Boston they bring those up it's a wonderful place to take your you know kids to or just soak in the holiday magic they have a Christmas tree competition which we really should try to compete in some year in the future at the times but uh, they have a lot of community organizations lost there with their like specially decorated Christmas trees and then they have um, uh, there's also they have that new Ralphie with his tongue stuck to the pole out front great photo op perfect for selfies and then finally um, the last one I'd recommend is on November 28th it'll be opening IU has that new $45 million arts and sciences building in uh, Broadway and Gary across from the main campus. They've got like two theaters in there and they've got a new gallery. And the new um, gallery, the new arts director over there, uh, she is looking to bring in, well, the first one is going to be from the Broward Museum in Valparaiso, but they're going to bring in prints from like Andy Warhol, Chuck Close, Kerry James Marshall, like a lot of really big name artists. And what she's looking to do is to bring in all of these 
museum exhibits on loan from museums across Chicago, including the National Mexican Museum of Art, the National Ukrainian Museum, the Lubeznik Center, hopefully even the Field Museum, which is sitting on like something crazy like four million different artifacts. So hopefully they can lend a couple to Gary for like a month. So it gives people like locally an opportunity to, you know, not that you can't take the train up there, but it just would make it easier for a lot of people. And so I just recommend um, checking that out. And I'm gonna. I want to pull a Joseph real quick and add Absolutely. one more oh, mileage. I please do. We want to you inform people about this. Yes, yeah. because this is Lansing related. I want to give a shout out to the when Jeff tried to save the world. It's oh, going to premiere right. at Music Box Theater um, on December fifth and sixth. That features Napoleon Dynamite's very own John. Header and TF South alum and Parks and Recreation guy Jim O'Hare. They're both starring it and it features Lano Plains, so support the local you know, movie. And go bowling. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> what I want to do is just, uh, I was going to do a, a Matt Schubert Memorial Netflix pitch, <laughs> but I haven't seen, I, the Coen Brothers have a, uh, I, the, the Brothers have a new thing out that's on Netflix. I haven't seen it yet. I hope to see it with some time off around the holidays, but uh, Saturday, um, the Saturday after Thanksgiving is Small Business Saturday. Oh. I will say, shop local. Um, you know, the region has much more to offer than uh, mattress firms, vape shops. Uh, <laughs> you know, so. Although uh, my map of mattress stores might lead you to believe otherwise. Well, yeah, exactly. So, you know, shop local when you can. Um, we appreciate it. Uh, you know, I'm not going to shill so far as to say, you know, get your loved one a time subscription. But, you know, if that happens, it happens. Get your loved one a time subscription. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> Give them keeps on giving throughout exactly. the air. Exactly. Um, and it's way more, it's less of the, the Times newspaper is way less obnoxious and more professional. It doesn't laugh term. at its own jokes. Yeah, so. never, <laughs> never, because it's a newspaper, it cannot do that. I, I laugh so loudly they had to turn it down, I guess, which yeah, I apologize yeah. for. I, yeah. Well, that's all right, that's all right. Like I it's said, robust we, spare, so. we literally do this next to a broken printer, so. Uh, <laughs> uh, now, let's see, what do we have? Studio. That's right. Now, let's see, what do we have next? Oh. Uh, Thanksgiving. We're going to talk about Thanksgiving, but unfortunately, we have run out of time. So uh, the special Thanksgiving yeah. edition will not feature Thanksgiving this year. Uh, but uh, we enjoy wanna, that I, turkey. I did want to note, though, on Small Business Saturday, both Highland and Hobart are doing things. In Hobart, you can get um, they have a visitor center at the Art Theater. You can get your picture taken with Santa. You can go to um, you. You can get a passport and tote bags, and they're giving out all this stuff to encourage people to go. So those are two downtowns where they're uh, they're heavily promoting that. Um, get yeah. out there. Get and the Ballad the of Rusker Shrugs of the Coen Brothers one is pretty good. It is an anthology, though, if you weren't inspecting it. It's not like a full-length movie. They made a bunch of short films and cobbled them together. Well, it looks good in spite of the fact that it has James Franco in it. So, <laughs> um, with that, You're on fire today. <laughs> with that, we are going to let you go. Have a happy and safe Thanksgiving. Happy Thank you for day. listening, as always. Uh, and then there's a way we close that it's like something, something, something. On Turkey Day, after you consume 40 billion calories and are just passed out in front of the football and are going off to fight other shoppers at Target, <laughs> like, please just do one thing. Stay true to yourself. Stay true to your charts. And whatever you do, keep it reading. Thank you.